you know, my light bulb moment this week, I'm going to keep it super short. I am uh, in uh, with our team, sort of our development team, a bunch of our coaches, and I just stepped out to be with you today. We just had two great days uh, going through our execution workshop, uh, which is really about the gritty art of getting things done. It uses most of our tools that really are designed to help go from knowing and doing and to be super intentional about building success into your business. And there was just one little comment that uh, that I just, I wrote a post-it note on and actually wrote a post-it on uh, note and I put it on my desktop computer and it just, uh, just sort of stuck with me. It's super simple, but I want to go through it. And, you know, it, it, it's a question that a leader uh, sometimes need to ask themselves uh, and members of their team. Um, is this even something we should be doing? So, you know, one of the things that I always like to know is, you know, what are people working on? Not because I'm looking over their shoulder, but it's just, it's very easy to be working on something that we don't need to work on. I'm going to keep asking this questions of myself and other people, and maybe you too want to be thinking about this question uh, as you look at your priorities as a leader. So we'll keep my light bulb moment super short because today we have a very special guest. Roger, how are you today? What's going on, my man? How are you? It was January 2nd uh, or January 12th, um, 2022, January 12th, very special day. And we had a great session with the two of you. And I just rewatched it this morning. And it's wonderful to, you know, do a session with both you and Laura, your, your business and, and life partner. For sure. And, um, but I wanted to get a little more Roderick. You know, a lot of things we covered actually were more Lauren. And so here I get some special one-on-one -on -one time with you today and get to share with all these other amazing people. It's all good. All, always special, Tom. Um, good morning, evening, or afternoon to whoever's watching from wherever you're watching. I'm super, super excited to be here and to, uh, to dig into some things that passionately you and I both have showed a certain level of concern about and um, see how we can dig into them. So it's all good. You know, um, you're a man that collects hardware. You, um, let's be unapologetic and bragging about you a little bit. You won the Naha Educator of the Year Award. Yes, sir. So 2023. That is a really big deal. So you are educator of the year. And when I, when you, we, we sort of, you know, look at other people that would be in that same field, you're in a pretty elite group. So the elite elite. So big shout out to you, man. I mean, that's a really big honor. Well, th thank you so much. You know, education for the last almost 30 years of being in this industry has been my life. And, you know, I've had a really amazing mentors. Number one, and my mother, who, uh, God rest her soul as well, was a, um, she was a teacher in the public school system for 33 plus years. So, you know, my dad is a pastor and I think my, my empathy and speaking abilities and just overall concern for our communities is something that they both instilled in me at a very, very young age. So something I'm very, very proud of, you know, it took me 27 years to become an overnight success. and. You know, those are just some things that I'm very, very proud of. It's important for us to be that pillar in our community, especially for someone like me. I'm, I'm actually a barber. I'm not a cosmetologist or a stylist. So, you know, bringing something like that to the barber industry helps to bring more awareness to our, our space. But also my hope is to encourage more barbers to go out there and become educators and become leaders in our industry. There's something that's definitely needed. 
Yeah, I mean, you you frequently speak about your roots and your upbringing and your mom and your dad. And, you know, you obviously, you, you've got some great stories. You've also got some great humor that you uh, you throw into things that always I enjoy. And, and you talk about your parents a lot and, and that the influence they've had on you and your life. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just really important. You know, there's, there's so many instances, you know, that I guess as someone who grew up with both parents in the house, it's taken a certain level of empathy and understanding to really, really kind of pinpoint things that I could help people out with um, when it comes down to how they were reared as children. And, you know, especially in the school industry right now, you know, people's parents did everything they could to bring them to this point. So it's my job and I feel completely indebted to their parents, to their parent, to whomever raised them to help them get to the next finish line. And that's becoming a licensed professional in the barber industry. We're going to get into a couple of our, our topics here. Talk a little bit about your business. And uh, so it's in Detroit. It's a school. You're a, bit, a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I am the director of education here at Hair Lab Detroit Barber School. We're a little bit outside of Detroit. We're in Southgate, Michigan. Um, we've been open now for about four years. And it's been a ride, man, to be honest with you. Um, I've been in the school business since 2006. I started my first school back in 2006 in Somerville, South Carolina, where I'm from, and um, just kind of continue to grow from there. Um, really seeing the need for structured education in the personal appearance industry, especially in barbering, and wanted to bring something new and something different, something exciting to the world of education, especially from, you know, you know, a small town like Somerville, South Carolina, you know, we get a bad rap being, you know, ranked so low educationally in the country. And, you know, you and I have kind of talked about this too, Tom, not everybody's going to a four-year, four-year university. So, you know, being able to give someone an outlet or an opportunity to make something of their lives when, you know, university just isn't for them, just really, really near and dear to my heart. And I was happy that I could, you know, give people a, a safe space to come and practice and become the best person they could actually be. Yeah, for those uh, listeners here, uh, January 12th, 2022, that episode, um, Lauren and uh, Roderick uh, um, um, unpacked their uh, few different things, um, the opening of their business, the, um, the bittersweet timing of the opening of their business, um, uh, how the two of you are diet, a little bit about your family, the lanes, your students. That's another episode. Sure. So you... You called me and uh, you called me maybe it was three or four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, whenever you call, I pick up the phone and, you know, grab <laughs> I it. I appreciate that, by the way. <laughs> delighted. Always delighted to talk to you. And there was, and, but you, you sounded a little bit like a man on a mission. And there was a story that really stuck with me about um, someone in your, in your world, a young woman um, that needed a check cashed. And that really was probably one of many wake-up calls that you had about financial literacy. So let's first of all, just kind of unpack that that story about this young woman. Sure. Um, you know, um, anybody who is in beauty or barber school right now, um, once they reach a certain threshold in their hours, they get uh, either a cost of living check or a refund check. Um, in this particular situation, and it's not just this one young lady in particular, it's been several um, students where they don't have bank accounts. 
And, you know, so I'm getting these phone calls and, hey, um, you know, um, I, I went to the bank and they won't cast a check. And I'm like, well, well, why? You know, well, you know, I didn't have a bank account. Um, then they proceed to go to other different places, whether it be a liquor store or uh, a check cashing place. And we know those places are very, very predatory, um, especially with people with large sums of money. You know, we're talking anywhere between, I don't know, 20, 30, 40% sometimes of what that actual check is actually for. So for me, it was it was a very big wake up call. It was super humbling to be honest with you, Tom, because I didn't realize how many of the students that I actually serve on a daily basis were not set up financially with the literacy portion just to conduct day-to-day -day stuff. And I'm not even talking, you know, business. I'm talking about just living on a day-to-day. -day. So um, that, to me, sparked a call to you because, of course, number one, you're my friend, uh, but you're also someone who I trust with, you know, mentoring me through what I personally need to do um, in my role as a leader to to help these situations out. So that's what prompted the call. Um, and being in being from the African American community, um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of well, there's a lack of financial literacy when it comes down to you know how we should spend and where our dollars go. But also as a business person, you know making sure that my students understand, you know, your personal finances versus your business finances and how those things at some points can overlap, but they should be completely separate. So um, I had, um, we're, we're members of our local chamber of commerce. Um, I reached out to the, um, to the director there and he put me in contact with a young lady um, um, and she came in, um, did a very, very in-depth um, presentation on taxes um, setting up an LLC. I, I, we have students that have LLCs, actual corporations set up in the state of Michigan and don't have a bank account. Um, that's hold on, a real big hold problem. Hold on. I want to let that one sink in again. Yeah. So we have individuals, they've got an LLC, but they don't have a bank account. Correct. Okay. And, and and I'm sure that I'm not the, probably the only person that's experienced this thing. You know what I yeah. mean? It's 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 TikTok, it's Instagram, it's hey, three different things. Get your LLC, then you apply for this credit card, then you can get up to thirty to fifty, hundred thousand dollars in financing. Well, you and I both know that that's not true. The government isn't just giving money away. Nobody's giving money away, and that's just the, you know, I, I kind of I've been speaking on this a little bit more often. These false prophets that we actually have um, you know, on social media that's really pumping people up for failure. It's, it's, it's awful and it's really, really put a lot of people in bad situations because, what's, because what my students don't understand is that at some point, they're gonna get a letter from the state of Michigan or wherever they live, right? And it's gonna say, hey, it's time to pay your employee taxes. What, we don't even have a bank account at this point. So how are we even going to set ourselves up to make that payment, number one? But secondly, the information and knowledge that has been lost in this time frame is, is just mind-blowing. And um, my job as a leader in the, the, the barber and beauty space is to create more leaders. And I cannot sleep 
well at night and 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 I'm, I'm going to be completely vulnerable with your with your listeners right now it bothers me to a level to where i can't sleep at night i'm 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 constantly concerned and worried about number one where our community in the metro detroit area is going to go but also from an industry standpoint how that's going to affect the longevity um for licensed professionals in in our space well, the good news is you're a change maker. Thank you. And um, uh, first of all, it's to identify what needs to change and then, you know, do something about it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, it's obviously created a lot of angst in you. And I think someone that's really passionate about this industry, it's always created a lot of angst for me too. Uh, and so, and how it affects a career path. So let's unpack that. So sure. you have a student that is is really led by a very social media driven uh, culture um, that will will glamorize things like having an LLC or or, or being a, a solo uh, a boss person, um, and it really is setting them up for failure in the sure. industry. You know, um, I, I I I I did speak with this young lady, and I pulled her to the side, and you know. I explained to her that she inspired me because, you know, of course, in, in, in leadership and education, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. I didn't need to look at it at a standpoint where she was the sole problem, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, that, it, that it was entirely her fault. Um, you know, I think there's other people that should also take some responsibility in the fact that what she needs to know versus what she assumes about forming a business or forming a company or whatever the case may be that weren't true. Um, she actually really inspired me. And, and, and I, that day I called you, I just spoken with this young lady and her parents did the best that they could do. You know, um, I, I explained to her that I couldn't fault her for navigating through this challenge the way that she did um maybe she's only seen her mom or dad go to the liquor store to cash checks maybe she's only seen her grandma or grandpa um go to, to go to um the check cashing place to cash checks so you know there's never a problem without a solution my wife says that all the time and when it's weird it's wrong so when she said well, you know it was just really weird i said baby that that means that it's wrong it, that we have we have some work to do. And I explained to her that I wasn't coming down on her. And if she felt that way, I completely 1000% apologize. And I'll take full responsibility and accountability if I made her feel some type of way. But it's just a different and possibly a better way to handle business like this. You know, I I, I have this thing about treating certain situations with kid gloves, right? Um, most of our students are anywhere between 19 to 25, 27 years old, they're just getting their lives started in and together. But to know that there are people out there that are operating at such a very low level when there's so much money to be made in the industry, if they're not doing what they need to do right now, foundationally, to prepare themselves for those months that are lean, come on, you're, you're a small business owner too, right? We have those months where we're like, okay, uh, do we put gas in the car or do we put food on our table? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, at one point in my career, I was so low, I had to reach up to touch bottom. 
So to see my students, you can laugh, that's funny. Um, but to see my students, you know, I, I, I always pit myself against myself and I explain to them that I went through so they don't have to. So mm. I've, if I went through these things, it, 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 it's, it's, I will, I, I refuse to allow them to go through all of the, the, the stupid mistakes and choices that I've made in my career, in my life, so that they can have a more successful and easier transition into um, the beauty and barber space. Well, and yeah, I mean, I've, um, all of us have made mistakes and I think a lot of the curriculums that we create, some, some of them are just based upon personal stupid stuff I did, you know? Sure. And, um, you know, I, I think that, um, you Tom, you know what? I, I got, I got one for you. You and I like to have these moments. Um, you yeah. can write this one down. I made a lot of good choices at very bad times. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Um, I, I think that your phone call and your encounter with this young woman, um, there's always a silver lining. I'm just an unapologetic uh, optimist. And the um, the reality is that that little occurrence may have sparked a little bit of a chain reaction. Um, and I'm not really going to announce all the details, but we are, you and I are in discussions about uh, doing something um, to doing something uh, different around this um, to really um, leverage your passion a little bit. And along with the, the work that we've done to teach the foundations. And so we, I, I think we've got some exciting conversations in the future that will uh, bring our community in that. Um, so good things are going to happen is what I'm Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. You know, um, we, we've, we've kind of shifted the way that we actually, you know, conducting our day-to-day -day here at Hair Lab Detroit Barber School. Um, we have, a, we went to a block schedule, which um, our students, um, they rotate classes and instructors every two hours. So the instructors don't get burnt out, the students don't get burnt out, and they can learn a little bit more from everybody that's on our team. We have a very, very passionate um, and dedicated team of instructors here as well. Um, the other thing that we did this year was we added an additional class to our daily rotation, and that's called our professional development class. Um, we kind of took a page out of Motown. Um, anybody who knows the story of Motown and Barry Gordy, they had one of the houses on the block where they would bring their artists in and teach them about speaking and interviewing to the public, what they should wear, how they should dress when they come into a situation or they perform in a show, what that looks like. So we kind of took a page from that book and we've devoted two hours of our day every day at Hair Lab Detroit Barber School to professional development. And that means anything from, um, from marketing to social media marketing, uh, business development, uh, buyers, how people spend their money based on the generation. I mean, a number of different things, uh, shout out to Pivot Point International, um, but a number of different things that are going to help to enrich the lives of our students. Um, a, a, lot of th a lot of times the students don't think about what's coming down the line or what's moving forward. So if we coach them and condition their minds early on in, in, in their, in their uh, education, there's no telling what could come of, you know, those professional development classes, but also the development and how it fuels our culture. We, we have three th things that we um, explain to our students in our culture every single time we have a class start. And it's also reminding to them because we do morning huddles as well. Show up, work hard and listen. So our students have that 
um, in their mind. It's literally tattooed in their brain that every day when they walk through these doors, they have to show up, they have to work hard, and they have to listen. Um, you got two ears, one mouth. So you have to listen more than you speak. That's how education happens. It's it's educing, it's bringing those things from within. But if you have a short attention span and you're not able to really focus on those things, um, you know, it's gonna be challenging for you. So that's why we went to two hour blocks. You know, we have a break built into those two hour blocks too. So um, definitely being a little bit more innovative and a little bit more forward thinking in the way that, um, post-secondary education, especially in the barber and beauty space is being done because we're dealing with COVID kids, right? These people, they're, they're not used to having personal interactions and dealing with, you know, face-to-face -face conversations with people every day, right? So their attention spans and also the way that they interact with people is a little bit different. When you're working in the beauty space, in the barber space, it's not a tweet or a text. It's not a snap. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have to, not every chair is going to be a quiet chair, which is something that's real popular in our industry right now too. So, you know, we're teaching them a little bit more about the art of conversation and how relationships actually fuel your success. Um, we're not in the hair business, we're in the people business. And when you're in the people business, there's a certain perception that people have of great barbers and stylists and how we dress and how we speak and um, our manners. You know, I'm from the South, so manners is a big thing for me. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. Holding doors open. You know, um, my mom used to listen to this song. Um, I think it was by the OJs and it was called Treat Her Like a Lady. And oh, yeah. that song resonated with me throughout my entire life. Um, my wife jokingly says that she got very, very weak um, over the time that we were dating and married because she's never had to open a door. She never has to carry in her groceries. You know, when, 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 when groceries come to the house, I'll, I'm yelling upstairs to my son, hey boy, bring your ass down here and get these groceries for your mama. Stop playing around. Um, <laughs> but, but, those are, but those are the small things. We referenced my, my upbringing, my parents. Those are the very, and I say small things, but they're actually big things because not everybody grew up in households and cultures like that. But those are the things that actually help to fuel who I am today. My mannerisms, the way my the way I carry myself. I mean, my dad is 74 years old. He doesn't own a pair of jeans. He always wears slacks, always wears, you know, button up shirts and things like that. So those are just some of the things that I want to instill in the, the younger generation because it's been just so beneficial to me um, in my career and some of my successes as well. Yeah. Well, you, you're, 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 you're giving back, uh, you're giving back in a, on a daily basis. And I, I love this commitment to professional development and, um, you know, you're really making a big difference, uh, one student at a time. Uh, I'm going to switch topics. All right. Sure. Uh, and, uh, the topic has to do with instructors, uh, finding and keeping great instructors. Yes. And, um, you brought that up to me. Uh, when we were, you know, just getting caught up. And I said, I'd love to explore that topic. And one of the reasons why is partially for selfish reasons, uh, because um, we, uh, we just did a study uh, about, you know, compensation and other factors related to instructors in schools. And this Saturday, I actually have a presentation in front of a bunch of uh, school owners. And um, one of the topics is finding keeping in, in instructors. So, you have some points of view on that. I do. Um, you know, finding, you know, sometimes we have um, complaints from students about, 
you know, finding better instructors and finding better talent or whatever the case may be. Um, and unbeknownst to some of some of our students, you know, um, there's not a lot of people that understand the importance and the commitment that it takes to become an amazing educator. Um, you know, we have people that can 1000% make more money working behind the chair. So it takes identifying a very special and unique person that that have those people skills that understand that this is a job that's not going to pay a lot of money, but the intrinsic value that comes in sharing your information and being a champion for all students, those are the things how you really get paid. Um, you know, my grandfather used to always say, um, you can't get paid for everything that you do. And that's so true because sometimes, you know, there's been there's been several accounts where I've just done because I know I can do. I've just done because I know it's the right thing to do. And, you know, everybody, so, you know, so many people today are only concerned with the fiscal aspect of giving or what is being done. They're always looking for something in return. But what if that return comes in favor? What if that return comes in grace? What if that return comes in, you know, a child that, you know, didn't have any elsewhere, to, any other place to go, but they found a home here at barber school. Students that are loved at home come to school to learn. Students that aren't loved at homes come to school to be loved. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I Would think- Would you say that again? Say students, that again? Yes, sir. Uh, students who are loved at home come to school to learn. Students who aren't loved at home come to school to be loved. So. We we wow. do a very good job, and, and every frog praises his own pond, right? Um, but I think that my team here at Hair Lab, we do a very good job of giving it from both sides. It's it's the, uh, it's the genuine intrinsic love that we have for people because we're in the people business, but also it's those conversations about tough love, and so many students have been jaded by people pumping them up for failure and they have trust issues and integrity issues. So we've had to kind of create our own model of coaching when it comes down to the performance of our students. So um, our academy director, um, her name is Des DeJesus, um, along with my wife, Lauren, they've kind of come up with a concept to where if a student is having a challenge mentally, and by the way, for all of my Instructors and school people that are listening out there, it is not our job to become counselors. We're not qualified for those things. We are not, we're not, we're not psychiatrists or psychologists. So don't feel like you have to put that burden on your shoulders. But what we have kind of come up with is an opportunity for the students to scan a QR code in front of our, our administrative offices they're able to send a message directly to our academy director saying, hey, I'm having, a, I'm having a tough time today in school. Can I meet with you or can I go into my office? So offering that time just to have a student to decompress, to speak about some of the challenges that they may be having um, during school, even things that are out of school right now, I think that makes a really, really big difference as well. Now, here's the caveat. We only give them 10 minutes. Hey, you got 10 minutes, spill it, give it out, whatever you need. And then you got to go back to class because our industry doesn't work like that. Your client is not going to care what kind of day you have. And they want to get their highlights. They want to get their tape. They want to get their fade. So, you know, again, coaching them through some of 
life's challenges. You know, it's the the level of problem solving, the level of problem solving or the lack thereof is something that's really, really detrimental to our student success. So we had to put some different things in place to make sure that, you know, control the head, control the body, right? So if we can help them to navigate through some of their challenges in the head, then their bodies will be more in tune to continue to keep on keeping on and, and pushing through, you know, fail and fail again, get back up, fail and fail again, because maybe, just maybe, something's going to shake out of that. Yeah. You know, back to instructors for a little bit here. And, you know, um you're right they're not going to make they're not going to make the most money and what i think that you just framed is super interesting here of course the intrinsic value is a really great thing to highlight here and your suggestion kind of goes back to the beginning of this podcast actually when i talked about three currencies we have in life attention time and money yeah you know so their return may not be high from monetary standpoint uh, but the return can be quite high when it comes from an impact standpoint, I think that's a profound way to look at the instructor role. Yeah. You know, we've actually gotten really creative in how we actually um, in recruit instructors too. So we I'm have all ears on this one, by the way. Yeah. So what yep. we've done is, you know, most instructor programs throughout the country, they range from anywhere between $10,000 and $15,000 uh, for the program. What we've created um, is a earn while you learn program. So essentially, um, we are paying our instructors, um, our student instructors to apprentice, um, and they kind of learn, they're, they're kind of doing like an on-a-job training. So what we do is, um, you know, when we recruit instructors, there's a couple of different things that we actually look for. Look for. Um, we have to, our values have to align morally, number one. Um, the the high-level performance piece that every instructor actually needs. Um, you know, we coach them through that. We want to make sure that based on our school's culture, which is to show up, work hard, and listen, these people are able to exude those things, uh, whether it be on the clinic floor and in the classroom. Um, this program that we've kind of come up with together with, it, it's not anything that is, you know, certified, but it's just us being really creative because getting good people to come in to instruct is very, very hard. But if we are able to offer them a small wage, you know, to, to train, to learn, number one, we've got some skin in the game, right? Seven habits of highly successful people. You want to create win-win situations for everybody that's involved. So essentially they're getting paid to get an education, but also that intrinsic value that they, that we need for them to have, they're sharing their successes and their failures with our students every day, whether it be from a theoretical standpoint or on the practical clinic floor. Um, our instructors still work in barbershops full time. Um, they each give oh. about yeah, they each give about two to three days a week. Um, we do have two full time instructors that we that we have on staff all the time um, because that's what the state of Michigan requires. But the, our other instructors they're still actively working behind the chair, but also they come in. And they kind of do an in-kind service. You know, they're donating their time to get an actual instructor's license, but they also get a little, get get a, um, a, a small stipend to do that too. So um, we've kind of built that into our budget and it's been working out very, very nicely. So I think that a lot of schools need to rethink how we are structuring instruction 
and getting people to come into our industry to teach the next generation of future barbers and stylists. And it doesn't come all the time with them giving us something. I think that if we kind of turn the tides a little bit and are able to create um, apprenticeships or programs to where they too get a little something out of it, you know, again, it's a win-win situation for everybody. So um, luckily- Let me, um, let, me, let, me, let me unpack this a little bit. I got to go back a little bit. So um, what you do is, it sounds like you've got a lot of part-time instructors uh, that work, at, um, uh, work as a barber somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so they're part-time two to three days a week, but they have a full-time or almost full-time job, mm-hmm. you know, behind a, a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have a couple full-time. Backing up a little bit here, you said that, you know, for other instructors that you, um, you gave them a wage. Can you, can I, I want to understand that one a little bit further, what you were, when you, the beginning when you were talking about instructors. So if you think, if you think about the earn while you learn programs that are all across the country, you yeah. know, they, they are able to get their education as well, because we do have class time. They have a syllabus that they have to follow. Um, we have class times um, every day for about an hour after the school closes down. So they're still getting an educational component as well. Um, we have huddles and team meets to discuss certain challenges that they've been having throughout the day, which nine times out of 10 is kind of funny. It's part of what their lessons are um, in their curriculum for that week. So um, we're able to still, you know, give them, you know, an hourly wage while they're training to train other students. So, so, so it's, it's a program for students to actually. It's a, pro, it's a program for licensed barbers mm-hmm. that want to come into the education industry. Gotcha. And instead of them paying to be enrolled in a instructor program, we're actually paying them, you know, to be teachers at our school. Gotcha. While they're actually gotcha. earning their, while they're actually earning their hours towards their instructor's licensure. I I understand now. Okay. Yeah. Anything else on that? You know, some of the, you know, other things that you've done are innovative to really make sure you have high, the right number and the right quality of instructors. Um, you know, um, like I said before, you know, there's, there's a big thing with my wife and I about how people operate. There has to be a certain level of integrity. Um, we want to make sure that these people understand that, um, there are certain things and words that we can't use. You know, we can't use traditional barbershop language in within the school. We have to make sure that we address pronouns. Uh, we have to make sure that we don't discuss religion. Uh, we need to make sure that we don't talk about anybody behind their backs and that we have each other's back as educators um, and also admin staff, too. So, um you know, we've created quite the family here at Hair Lab and, you know, there's never a problem without a solution. I believe that our team of instructors come in here every day feeling and believing that they can change the world. And when you have people that have that type of positive mental attitude, there's nothing that can't be taught. You know, it's kind of it's kind of the same situation you hire for skill, not for talent. Right. So, you know, I'm sorry, you hire for talent and not for skill. If someone's talented, I can teach them the skill. If they're passionate about teaching and education and giving back, I can teach them how to run a classroom and to manage a clinic floor. But it's that value and those intrinsic values, their their empathy towards people and our community and um, how they conduct themselves and carry themselves 
on a daily basis. That's what we always look for when we're hiring um, instructors for our schools. Roderick, we, uh, we could talk all day and uh, I'm looking at the clock and I'm being sensitive to time here and uh, uh, such great wisdom and such great ideas and passion that is wonderful to see how you channel that for good of so many people. So, um, you know, on, on, on a, you know, we got into some really important topics today, uh, you know, financial literacy, uh, finding, keeping instructors, which, you know, is a challenge for many schools. And, uh, you know, on, on, on a lighter note, uh, on a lighter note, um, what brings you joy these days? Um, at to, home, you've got a couple kids and man, um, what's bringing me joy at home these days. Um, my son has finished with his program. Um, he's, is a, um, he works the switchboard, um, at one of the major radio stations here in the metropolitan Detroit area. So that's really cool. Um, my daughter is a senior in high school this year, and, um, there's been talks of her possibly going into cosmetology school. Um, so I'm super low key because I don't want to push her, you know, um, to do something that she doesn't want to do. But, um, you know, this weekend we were able we were in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, this weekend we were able to kind of have some talks with her about um, what her future looks like and what she may want to do. And, um, you know, she has some she has some really good decisions uh, to make as far as where she wants to go to school. Um, she's a hair baby. And, you know, she grew up in a salon. She's worked for us in the salon. She's worked for us at the school. She's traveled to every major hair show that my wife and I have attended. Um, you know, she, she knows some of the big time people and they know who she is. So um, that's a really, you know, I'm a girl dad, you know what I mean? So um, I, this is nothing I would tell her in her face because it'll push her away from it. But I'm super, super excited about the, the possibility that she wants to kind of follow in, you know, her mom and, and, and I's footsteps steps in, you know, become a licensed, you know, cosmetologist or barber um, in our industry. Um, I'm really enjoying Deion Sanders right now. Um, the thing <laughs> he's doing in Colorado, um, bringing a little swag um, into, into the, the state. And um, you know what, honestly, man, I'm just, I'm just really enjoying getting older. Um, I have a birthday coming up um, next week. Um, I'll be 46 years young. And, you know, I appreciate the wisdom and those experiences um, that I've had along the way. Um, you know, experience is the best teacher you can ever, ever had. And, you know, experience can teach you things that, you know, the best textbook, the best mentors and business coaches can't teach you. You know, you're kind of learning on the fly. So um, I appreciate the lean times. I appreciate the success. And um, I just appreciate um, good friends like you, man, and that 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 you know, pick up the phone and understand that you know, I'm you know, sometimes I'm not calling for shits and giggles, um, which we do that too. But yeah. uh, but you know, when there's something that's real, real pressing on me, it's just good to have mentors. Um, and I think lastly, I I just wanted to kind of say to your listeners, um, find mentors. You know, even you know where I am in my industry and all the awards and stuff like that. Um, I still have mentors and I found mentors at every level that I've operated on. So when I worked behind a chair full time, I had a mentor. Um, when I got into the education, um, I had a mentor, Mr. Ivan Zoot. When I got into the school business, I had mentors, um, um, Larry Curtis, um, uh, Eric Fisher. You know, those guys run great schools and have been very instrumental in success of my school. But 
they've given me some gems that they never charged for. And I think that's the biggest thing in mentorship. A lot of times people think that, you know, a mentor is not somebody that said, hey, give me $30,000 and I'll mentor through mentor you through these things. That's a consultant. And you better get a return mm-hmm. on your investment with that $30,000. But a mentor is somebody that's been in the industry for a, for a while and somebody who sees the passion that you have and a desire to be more than what you are. And while I can give you your flowers, while you can smell them, Tom, I, I really appreciate you being a good mentor to me and being a good friend to me um, over the past couple of years. Um, it's not always been easy, uh, but it's always been fun. And um, I just want to thank you for your time because you didn't have to do it, but you did. You know, mm-hmm. I want to thank you, your daughter. She didn't have to do it, but she did. Your whole team, um, they didn't have to do it, but they did. So mm-hmm. your best ability is availability, my man. And I thank you for being available. I greatly appreciate that. Right back at, right back at you, Roderick. You're a good friend and a mentor to me too. And let's everybody uh, give a virtual round of applause to this guy. Uh, and you'll be getting another uh, million dollar light bulb. But it'll be coming to you in the mail. And so now you can oh, good. put that next to your hardware. You're gonna have to take a picture of all your hardware. Um, by the way, man, you you guys took home some hardware last weekend. You sent me some text. Yeah, I think between you and Lauren, would you have four or five of them pieces we got, of? Uh, we got four. We got four. We got four out of the five categories that we entered. So um, my wife actually won three. She's. I love my wife, and and you know I'm not gassing her up by any means. Super talented. Yeah. Oh my God, she she's she's so talented, and she's so she does it with such grace and poise. You know, she's she's super super humble. Um, and she won. <laughs> funny story. So she won um, Master Hairstylist of the Year. She won Hairstylist mm-hmm. of the Year, and she won Textured Hairstylist of the Year. So the first two awards came out. I was like, oh, my God, babe, you won. She was like, oh, yeah. So she went up and gave her speech, and that was dope. The second time they called her name, she was like, again? And I was like, hey, girl, you know, shit, you got the hot number right now. Do your thing, girl, do it. And so the third time comes around, she's like, babe, did you pay someone? I'm like, our money comes through the same funnel. You really think you would allow me to pay these people? I was like, you know what? Your, your, your work and your talent is just it's impeccable you know and and you know sometimes i think it's important even as we are business partners and we're husband and wife you still got to be you still got to be your wife's champion you still got to be your significant other's best friend and you know there's some conversations she's had with me that i don't want to share with everybody cuz it hurt my feelings but but i appreciate that because how many people do you really, really know that's going to tell you the truth? I appreciate yeah. her honesty, but, but but I push her. You know, I I I I make the biggest effort every day to motivate her to continue to keep on keeping on. And you know, her hard work and dedication to our industry has shown. You know, she's won two Nahas. Now she has three Midwest Hairstyling Awards. And the cool thing was, this is the first time that she and I have been nominated. And won at a major competition. So, um, love and labor, my man. <laughs> well, congratulations! Thank I, you. Uh, I, uh, I'm very happy for both of you, and send my best to Lauren and oh, well. um, and make sure you put those um, uh, million dollar light bulbs right up on the shelf with the rest of those awards. If there, I can meet, you're... 
if I can make yeah. room, she got she got the whole she got the whole <laughs> thing just sold up, man. Just you know, I'm gonna just put mine in the car, just <laughs> ride around like with it like it's a bobblehead, you know? Like, look look at me, look at me. I I won too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Roderick. Oh man, I'm sure I'll be talking to you probably next week. And uh, such a great contributor, and I'm I'm super grateful and uh, uh, glad you joined us today. So I'll be talking to you very soon. So yeah, for the thank rest you of guys you, for having me, um, I greatly appreciate it. Awesome. Well, I do want to acknowledge uh, Lightheart Sanders, a sponsor for the uh, for uh, Lightful Moments. We also have other sponsors such as Ally Health, which is uh, uh, a mental health uh, solution that that's affordable. So uh, super grateful for all of you for joining us today. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. I know. Thank you.